Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and playoff season is here in the NFL. Ike, if you want to place a bet on the playoff gridiron action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Mark, don't Ike me. I'm going to mark you if you want to bet. Just go to betonline.ag. <laughs> 24-7. Betonline.ag. Head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. Bet online where the game starts. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Birkin. Joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number 24, Ike Taylor. IT playoff season is here. Steelers, Chiefs, rematch at Arrowhead. We saw this matchup the day after Christmas, but now it's winner go home for both of these teams. Pittsburgh. Playoff bound yet again after a wild week 18. We've got a lot to discuss to preview and break down wild card weekend. I am fired up this morning. How you doing, my man? Man, I'm doing good. It's looking like the 2005 Pittsburgh Steelers. They shouldn't have let them in the dough. Kind of atmosphere for 2022, Mark. I love your optimism, Ike, because... Earlier this season, several weeks ago, we were saying the Steelers need to clean house. They sneak into the playoffs. You manifest a Jaguars upset win over the Colts in week 18. Chargers and Raiders go into overtime. It looks like it might be a tie game. The Raiders knocked through a last-minute field goal, and the Steelers took care of business against the Ravens. And now the Pittsburgh Steelers are in the playoffs. I thought it was a long shot. Ike, you manifested this, but here we are going up against the Kansas City Chiefs yet again, a team that the Steelers lost to 36 to 10 at Arrowhead on the day after Christmas, December the 26th. I just hope it's a much closer game than we saw earlier this season, Ike, because it did not look good. And might I remind you, Travis Kelsey didn't play in that game earlier this season between the two teams. He was on the COVID list as well. He's due to be back for Kansas City it's going to be all hands on deck. It's going to be an uphill battle. Steelers, a 13-point underdog on Sunday night against the Chiefs. And hey, don't forget, it's three seasons. So it's preseason, it's regular season, then it's playoffs. Last time I checked, the Pittsburgh Steelers went, to, went into Kansas City, and they did okay in the playoffs. Now, they didn't do good in the regular season, but they did handle their business in the playoffs. So it was just, it was just a drive or two that the Kansas City Chiefs wind up pulling off against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So... I'm not worrying about nothing. What I do know is once you let a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers or the San Francisco 49ers sneak into the tournament, it could be real scary. That, that could be some teams you don't want to play. So I ain't tripping on KC. They say 13-point underdog. Pittsburgh Steelers does take that. By the end of the day, Pittsburgh Steelers going to come out with that W, and we're going to talk about this on Monday. 
Amazing. Right off the bat, Ike's calling for the upset as a 13-point underdog. Before we get into the keys to the game, Ike, we're recording this on Wednesday morning, so a lot can change between now and Friday morning when this episode is due out. But I do expect the Steelers to make a change at punter, and I'm trying to read through head coach Mike Tomlin's commentary. This is a direct quote. He says, the the punting debate between Corliss Waitman and Presley Harvin He says, we'll see what this week holds. We've got some planning to do this week in terms of division of labor. What a diplomatic answer. And if I had to predict, again, this is coming on Wednesday, I think Corliss Waitman is going to be the Steelers punter come Sunday night. A lot of time between now and then. What do you think about – I'm trying to read between the lines. What do you think Coach T means here, Ike? No, I know what he's telling telling the team on Monday, two dogs, one bone. So when he says two dog one one bone, this is the this is the position we're looking at as a team. Hey fellas, I need y'all as well as teammates and players to t- to keep a eye out on who you think the better punter would be. Now, of course, T mine already made up. <laughs> he's going he's going with his guy. You know what I'm saying? So um he felt like uh Harvin has been through a lot throughout the course of this year, especially mm-hmm. with his family and his dad, Coach T, he's gonna let him have his mental with me time. I, I get that part, but He's not going to go with Percy throughout the course of this week. He's going to wait. He's going to sit Percy down for this whole year, and he's going to let the other punter go on punt and put him in a better situation. Now, tell us what he want to do because T is a, he's, he's a debater. He's a psychologist. He knows exactly what he's doing. But I know what Coach T is doing. He's going to sit Percy down for this game right here. Yeah, I think that makes sense because Harvin has been inconsistent in terms of his punting abilities. One area I want to give Harvin credit for, though, and this is such an underrated aspect of football, Ike, is his placeholding, how important that is with Christian Kuntz, a new long snapper this season, and then also how good Chris Boswell has been. That That is a trifecta. That is a team effort between long snapper holder and kicker. So is as inconsistent as Harvin has been as a punter this season. There's times where he put, you know, he'll punt at a perfect coffin corner. Then there's times where he'll shank a punt. That's been inconsistent, but his placeholding has been very, very consistent for Pittsburgh this season. Yeah, that, that, that thing got to be like all in one motion. You know what I'm saying? That thing got to be like a heartbeat. You know, when you're talking about snapping the ball after you snap, you got to get the, the holder to hold it, and the kicker got to be very comfortable with the holder that he's going to spin the lines around so he don't hit the laces. So, and Percy been just as well as anybody in the league at that. You know what I'm saying? That's why Bozzi has just been super confident. You know, Percy going to get the ball down, twist twist the laces, and he'll be able to pinpoint whatever he needs to pinpoint and kick that field goal. That's a lot of confidence. That's 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 a marriage between really them three. So, yeah, that's what he's been accurate at. But at the same time, he hit it on the head. He he has been inaccurate just sitting down and, and placing the ball where they need to be. And I'm sure that's because he had a lot on his mind. He was thinking about what's going on back at home. So, well, no, my prayers to Percy, but I think by the end of the day, Coach T is going to sit Percy down for this game right here and just go with the other punter. Ike, well said. I, I, we'll go to keys to the game, and I think the biggest thing for Pittsburgh is turnover creation. I looked back at the box score of that December the 26th game at Arrowhead. I was there, Ike, watching the game. The Chiefs in that game defensively had three takeaways, and the Steelers had none, especially a Steelers offense that has struggled this season they're going to need the defense to create turnovers in this one. And really the key to me is what Patrick Mahomes we get in this game. The first week, the first eight weeks of the season, Mahomes threw 19 touchdowns, but had a league worst 
10 interceptions. Now, many of those interceptions were either tipped at the line or they came off his receiver's hands, bobbled it, and it winds up in the defender's hands, right? So Mahomes has cleaned up his decision-making, but he's also gotten more help from his pass catchers on the back end of the season. So his final nine games, he posted 18 touchdowns and only three interceptions. So that's been a key adjustment for the Chiefs. Kansas City's been better defensively as well. But to me, the key in this one is you absolutely must win the turnover battle if you're Pittsburgh, if you want to pull off the upset. So for me, for Pittsburgh on the defensive side, they're going to have to be able to stop the run just in case the Kansas City Chiefs want to try to get their run game established throughout the playoffs. One. On the offensive side, Pittsburgh have to tell Najee to Cleveland Brown me, meaning give me the same thing you gave the Cleveland Browns to the Kansas City Chiefs when it was Big Ben's last home game. Give me the same result. Pittsburgh will have a chance to win the ball game. Now, for KC side, uh, for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, they got to keep Patrick Mahomes in the box. Don't let Patrick Mahomes scramble. So I got to tell TJ, hey, TJ, you're, this is not a sack game. This is a containment game. I got to tell Highsmith, Highsmith, this is not a sack game. This is a containment game. As long as we can get Cam and company and uh, T.J. Watt and, and Highsmith sitting on the edges to where he doesn't scramble and he make his plays and he extend plays and throws touchdowns to, to Tyreek Hill and company, man, we got action. So for me, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, just overall the defense, yeah, establish that running game and keep – and keep uh, Patrick Mahomes sitting in the pocket. Ike, if you're the defensive coordinator for the Steelers, let me help you put that hat on here. Do you line Watt in, like, say, like a nine technique? So I'm talking well outside the offensive tackle, maybe even outside of a tight end like a Travis Kelsey in this game to help make that happen, to help contain Mahomes within the pocket. Do you, do you extend their – because to me it sounds like gap integrity is going to be absolutely vital in containing Mahomes in this game. So in certain situations, which I think will be a lot of situations, especially on third down or second and long or, or third and long, I'm, I'm running my twist game. So this, okay. this, whole, okay. this whole year I let T.J. Watt be T.J. Watt. You know, I let him come off the edge. Um, I really wasn't worrying about containment. I just let him – who has a knack for the football get sacks, and he tied the he tied uh Mike, Michael Strahan when it came down to getting sacks twenty two point five. This game right here between him and Cam, man, I'm just lining him and Cam up on the same side when it comes down to these long, when it comes down to these uh to these long situations, when it comes down to these long situations, I'm just having him and Cam on the same side, and now I'm doing a twist. I'm letting I'm letting I'm letting Cam going up, and he's coming under. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just not going to let Kansas City just dictate and they put Travis Kelsey and the offensive tackle on T.J. Whiteside. Okay, so now we're going to twist. So now y'all got to figure out who y'all going to pick up and who y'all not going to pick up. So this game right here for the Pittsburgh still, if I was defensive coordinator, Mark, I would have a lot of twist game going between Cam and T.J. White. I like the twist game, Ike, and this is where I miss Mike Hilton in the nickel corner, the slot corner, to where you could bring him off the edge and some exotic blitz packages because I don't want to have Mahomes to have all day to throw either. Right. Correct. Okay. Okay. So I, I like the twist. Hey, if that happens Sunday, you heard it here first from Ike Taylor. Again, Chiefs did not have Travis Kelsey in the first matchup. 
We're going to have our score prediction here later in the show, Ike. We will move on, though. There are several NFL head coaching vacancies, seven as it stands right now, Ike. So I'm going to read you through the seven teams that have vacancies at head coach, and we're going to go first with best head coaching vacancy available. Now, the openings are the Las Vegas Raiders. They've got their interim right now, Rick Bisaccia. Then you've got the – Keeble. I'm with you there. I'm with you there, and we'll talk about it. I'm with you there, and we'll talk about it. Uh, the Denver Broncos, the Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Jaguars, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings, and New York Giants. I, I guess to me, at the top of my list, I had Raiders as most appealing. They're in the playoffs. And, yeah, I'm with you. I say keep interim head coach Rich Basaccia there, especially if the Raiders win a playoff game, given all the turmoil they've had following the fallout from what happened with John Gruden in the email scandal and with Henry Ruggs as well, the team's best speedster and deep threat as well. This team's still in the playoffs. Yeah. To me, the Raiders is that top job, but in my right. opinion, they should keep Bisaccia. What yeah. do you think? Keep Coach Bisaccia, man. There's no need to get rid of him. Um, so you got a scandal by the head coach. You got a, you got, you got a guy who was about to do some time because he, he, he made a bad decision. Then you got another third third round draft pick who was a starting corner. He wound up going live and talking about what he was going to do, so they let him go. And now you're sitting in the playoffs. And we know how deep the AFC is when it comes down to quarterbacks and how tough it is. Now, it's only been one king to the crop, and that's been Kansas City. Kansas City started off slow, but you know what? You know, once Kansas City got on the road, they was going to wind up being a top seed anyway. You know what I'm saying? So Kansas City wound up putting themselves as one of the top seeds. But at the same time, Mark, you got all this happen, and we still in the playoffs for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yep. And it starts with one guy, and that's Coach Rick. So that's what I'm saying, man. I, I truly believe, man, you got to keep it because I see these guys playing with them. And you got a few guys hurt. You got Abram, who's your starting safety. He's hurt. And you got another guy who's on the defensive line for the Las Vegas Raiders. He's hurt. But everything has went down. The turnovers went up. The misassignments went down. So not everybody is playing as a team. Then you got uh, Jacobs, the running back. He's running like old Jacobs, the first-round draft pick we, we've been looking for, even though Wilder has been out. Then you got Zay Jones. Zay Jones, he's sitting in the cut. He's becoming Henry Ruggs, the third, or the second, I'm sorry. So when I'm, when I'm, looking, at that, when I'm looking at that, not only is Derek Carr, but it's the head coach, I say, why not keep him? You got, a, you, you got somebody in-house. If you're getting somebody out-house, you just, you just using the name. But you got a guy through all these situations – through all this adversity, he somehow, some way, kept the team together, rallied them around, and now you're sitting in the playoffs. I'm very curious to see what Derek Carr can do in the postseason. Through for a career-high passing yardage this season, Ike, more than 4,800 yards through the air. I like Hunter Renfro in the slot. You mentioned Waller, an absolute stud at the tight end position. And how about that defensive line for the Raiders? Those boys get after it, Ike. And it's like, let's go hunt some quarterback right now. So if this vacancy is available, I'm looking at all of those things. Cars under contract for one more year. You've got a nice little squad there that you can build upon in the 2022 season. But like I said, I want to see what the Raiders can do against the Bengals in this first round. And if they win a game, man, to me, there's no question that this is the top job available right now but if i'm the raiders i'm hanging on to rich basaccia 100 percent. yeah i'm hanging to rich and i'm extending car after this after this offseason that's exactly what i'm doing they're, they're, they're my two top priorities sign, okay sign 
Rich, and, and make sure we sign Carr ASAP. Okay, so other than the Raiders, Ike, and they might not even have a vacancy depending on what they decide with Bisaccia, of those remaining six teams, Broncos, Dolphins, Jaguars, Bears, Vikings, and Giants, what would be the most appealing position to you? The Bears for me, and the reason why I say the Bears is I like I like Justin Fields and company. You know, I like just I get a young quarterback. He's very athletic. He captures the team just like a Joe Burrow captures the Cincinnati Bengals. He's very liked, very respected in that locker room, which is hard. You can tell all he want to do is get better, and you've been saying that week after week. His thing, he just got to stay from the injuries. You know what I'm saying? He got to learn in the offseason. He got to go take some baseball lessons and learn how to slide. You know, you know what I'm saying? He got to get his butt out of bounds. But at the same time, they have they have the running backs. They have the wide receivers. Now I would pick up a tight end or two. And I get back to my defensive line. You know, a couple of years ago, when, when Nagy was doing his thing, they had a good defense. He kind of inherited that defense. Now I need to get back to the same thing for that defense. So what I would do in the offseason, when it comes down to the draft, I would draft, you know, specifically, specifically I would go a couple of rounds high. On the defensive side, I get I get my guy one more receiver and another running back and a tight end, but I'll go low from that standpoint, the bottom half of the draft class from that standpoint. But that's exactly what I do. But I find the Chicago Bears very interesting because I got a young, talented stud in Justin Fields, and him and I, we can partner, we can get married ASAP. Just what they're doing over there in Arizona between the head coach and the quarterback. You got a young head coach, you got a young quarterback. They're both on the same page. They have some kind of understanding, and they're in the playoffs as well. Ike, glass half empty, Mark, is out on the pod. And I'm going to go Lee Corso on you here. Not so fast with the Bears. No Mm -hmm. general manager as well. To me, the GM position should be hired before the head coach so you don't have an incoming GM who has to inherit a head coach that he didn't hire. Now, the reason I say this also comes with the news that broke this morning on Wednesday morning, Ike, that the Bears have requested permission to interview Steelers VP Omar Khan. Khan is interviewed for other positions before he interviewed for the Texans GM job last year, in addition to the Panthers job. Khan is a guy that the Steelers could also promote internally with the news that Kevin Colbert's going to step aside after the 2022 draft. So he could stay in Pittsburgh, but I think he might have some leverage if he is in fact taking general manager interviews and he's going to do that with the bears and that well let me let me if rephrase Omar that the, gets the general manager job for the bears be a great we, hire we we have a job what what, what do you mean by that Ike? I'm not he, we we have a job i've been oh <laughs> omar omar been wanting to hire me for the past since i was still so if he was going to houston he, I'm, I'm telling you, we have a job. I'm, I'm telling you, we have a job, Mark. We have a job. I love this. I love this. Uh, I think that highly of Omar Khan as well. We've spoken about how respected he is within the Steelers organization. He has worked for the Steelers since 2001, Ike. So I would be very surprised if he left Pittsburgh, but we'll see. Now, again, would- the re- my pushback with the Bears is this. You, you mentioned, I, I love Justin Fields as well, but the Bears are due to lose two of their best players in free agency. Akeem Hicks and Allen Robinson are both unrestricted free agents. Now, they might want too high of a salary for what the Bears can afford. The Bears do have some salary cap available, about $40 million this offseason. 
To me, I want to know who the GM is before I can say, is this going to be a successful marriage for whoever the next head coach is? And that's my big question mark in Chicago, just given their struggles the last several years. Yeah, Mark, but at the same time, between the two DTs, man, you can get one, you know, and you can restructure a few guys' contract, like Khalil. You can restructure their contract over some salary crap up. The thing for me, man, is just Justin Fields. I figured out on defense. I draft some young guys on defense. You saw what the Dallas Cowboys did in their draft. You saw the benefits they're they're receiving right now, you know, with Dan Quinn. And it's a simple, it's a simple defense. I just need to go get me a stud or two, a game changer who can set the tone. And that was Michael Parson for the Dallas Cowboys. A young guy who's hungry, he's athletic, super talented. He just set the tone, regardless on whether you're an eight-year veteran or you just got paid a hundred something million. The best person on that defense is Michael Parson. And you see, you understand that. I do the same thing for the Chicago Bears. It's just now I got a guy who's on offense, Justin Fields, who's that guy. I found me a guy on defense, whoever I draft could be that guy. But far as like the two D tackles, I ain't worrying about it. I'm, I'm going to get one. I'm going to lose one, and I'm going to keep one. Okay. And I'm going to restructure guys I need to restructure, but that's where I'm going with it. You, said, you make it sound so simple, like, and I, this is what I love about you. Okay, so of those seven, so we, we talked about the Raiders and the Bears, the remaining teams. Broncos, Dolphins, Jaguars, Vikings, and Giants. Which is the least desirable head coaching position, in your opinion, Ike? Oh, I'm not messing with the Giants right now. You know, I, I think I think the Giants, uh, they're, they're not like the Detroit Lions. So Detroit, when they lost, they lost one by a few points, two – you saw you saw they had grit and they played tough for their coach. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. With the Giants, it was either we was getting blown out, we or we lost, or we won. It it was one of the two. So um, that's the difference between the Giants. I mean, I I still think and I thought the Miami Dolphins is one quarterback away from being a really good playoff team. Mm-hmm. That's just my personal opinion, and I'm just saying I love Tua to death. I think he's a great person. I just don't think. He can he can help that franchise get over the hump, you know. I think he's a he's a, he's a step under a Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins has to be in a good situation um, to at least make the playoffs because he has number of Pro Bowl caliber guys around him, especially on the offensive side. You got a Pro Bowl running back and you got two Pro Bowl receivers, and we still can't get over the hump when it comes down to the playoffs. I think Tua is one tier below a Kirk Cousins, you know. So I think. But I think everything around tour is 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 in great is in great hands. I like the quarter, I like the I like the tight ends, I like the running backs, I like the receivers, and we all know what their defense been doing. Their defense has been the the glue to that team. So they just looking for a guy, can you win us three or four games? And I don't think Tua can win them three or four games. You know, I don't think Tua is a Justin Herbert, I don't think Tua is a Joe Burrow. So say. So, yeah, he did well in college. He had a heck of a career in college, but the NFL, I don't think, you know, to get to where you want to get, and that's having an opportunity. Or if I'm down 10 points in the middle of the third quarter, can you lead us back? I don't think that's to it. So um, I think they need a quarterback just in general. I'm looking at Deshaun Watson to Miami. You always say it, Ike, truck or trailer, and I think we all know the answer with Tua, at least from what he's shown us on the field throughout the course of his NFL career so far. $73 million worth of cap space if you're the Dolphins. That's most in the league. So they've got got financial flexibility. 
whether it's a free agent where they want to get creative with the trade. They've got a ton of first round draft picks. If they want to reset and find that quarterback of the future or to bring someone in to compete with Tua as well, because I'm surprised that there's even a head coaching vacancy, given what the Dolphins did on the back yeah, half of the 2021 right. season. They dug themselves too, too big of a deficit in the first half of the year. I'm with you with the Giants, though, for this reason. Last six games for the Giants, and they lost all six. They got outscored 163-56. to 56. That's a scoring differential of 9.3 points per game. So more than a touchdown, almost a two-score game. Like, that's insane. That's absolutely getting annihilated. And there's no surprise that there's a head coaching vacancy. Also, the Giants, like the Bears have a vacancy at general manager with David Gettleman stepping aside as well in New York as well. So like Chicago, I'm more concerned about who do the Giants hire at general manager than the general manager can pick his guy for head coach. If you pick the head coach first, the stigma, whether it's warranted or not, but this is the perception is, oh, well, the new general manager comes in and he inherits a head coach that he didn't in fact hire so to me hire the gm before the head coach if possible and that's really the complications that the giants and the bears are going to have to figure out this off season yeah um they didn't ask gettleman <laughs> to step down they just told him to step aside that mean get your ass up out of this goddamn building <laughs> and that's that's all that was when that's it comes truth that's the truth like right when it comes down to the general manager and the head coach mark I don't think it should matter either way. I just think both needs to be on the same page, and here's why. It's only one formula to win in football games. If you want to go on the offensive side, either you're going to have a stud, a stud quarterback, and an okay offensive line, or either you're going to have a nice offensive line and a stud running back. On the defensive side, I just need two guys who can be game changers, whether it's a defensive tackle or a middle linebacker or an outside linebacker. And that's all I need. So it's it's really not that hard. What's the best available player? As long as them two on the same page, not what we need. Give me the best available player at our pick. So then we can just – then <clears throat> when we do that – we getting the best of whatever. We getting the best of not only the best of whatever at a position, but we getting the franchise player. And I understand. I see why Pittsburgh for a long time they kept drafting first round offensive linemen, first round defensive linemen, first round outside linebackers. And you're like, dang man, y'all ain't gonna get a corner, y'all ain't gonna get a receiver. But they always was looking at who's the best available player, and them players become Hall of Fame, All Pro. Pro Bowl players for some reason, unless it's like a Pat Sertain where you just like, hey, man, we just got to get this kid. Ain't nobody really better than this kid. He's really true shut down corner in some instances. But, yeah, for me, man, between the GM and the head coach, I don't think it should go like that, Mark, because they both got to be on the same page. And football ain't hard. We just make it harder than what it really is. And there's just a lot of pride and ego when it comes down to that level, the NFL level, when it comes down to decision making. Before all the Giants fans come after us in the comments, Ike, I want to mention one thing. The upside to this position. Yeah, right. Two top 10 draft picks in the 2022 draft. So 
you've got that. You've got a tricky cap situation, not to say that they won't figure it out, but a tricky cap situation that whoever becomes the general manager there will inherit. You mentioned the offensive linemen that the Steelers have drafted, Ike, nine years in a row now where the Steelers have not drafted an offensive lineman in the first or second round. It's something I would like to see change in the 2022 draft, but that's a little bit of wishful thinking on my end. No, I agree. I mean, when you, when you look at their first-round draft picks, you look at where they're heading. You know, one of the Pouncey brothers, they're going to Canton. Um, David DeCastro, we're going to see, but he got an opportunity to go to Canton. You know, so I'm just going off Alifanica. He just went to Canton. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, and when they did draft these offensive linemen in the first and second round, except for probably a few, man, these guys are going to Canton, and that's exactly what you want. They're your franchise player. They set the tempo when it comes down to that, either offense or defense line. Cam Hayward, he's going to Canton, first rounder. You know what I'm saying? If Tua can get his mind right and stay healthy, and I know he has some stuff off the field, some personal issues off the field when it came down to his brother, he get his mind right. He, he could possibly have the opportunity to go to Canton. You know, T.J. White, we already know he going to Canton. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's just – that's just what it is right now, man. But that's what the Pittsburgh Steelers got to go through. But I think just overall, in general, they always go what's the best available. And for some reason, somehow, either it's linebacker, defense, I mean, defense alignment, or offense alignment. Speaking of high-caliber players, Ike, we're going to go to our NFL awards selection now that the regular season is over. So the awards will not be given until February the 10th, 2022, and so we're going to go award by award on who we think should win. We'll start with MVP. And to me, this all comes down to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Packers, the one seed in the NFC. Rodgers at a high caliber level. And I told you, and I, I looked this up and I went back and watched our recording. I told you there would be a media member who held it against Rodgers that he wasn't vaccinated. That whole scenario unfolded right, and we called. saw that play out. I predicted it before it happened though. I can, you can go back and check the timestamp. I, I told you it was going to happen, but to me, given what Aaron Rodgers has done on the field, he's also playing hurt by the way, his foot's not a hundred percent either. Right. The fact that he's got the Packers as the one seed in the playoffs rolling yet again, like the only downside I've seen from Rodgers this season was that week one debacle where they got absolutely blown out. But to me, he he's the MVP this season just given what he's done on the field with his performance in Green Bay this season. They're the overwhelming favorite in the NFC, in my opinion. Yeah, Rogers called him a bunk. He said, I don't know what that bunk talking about. That <laughs> bunk don't even know me. That was kind of rude for that bum to even talk to me like that because he's worried about some off-the-field issues. I thought MVP stuff for on-the-field issues. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, Aaron Rodgers said the best. What he's going to give me the most? vaccinated player award i don't care we all know what he's doing but um at the same time man i agree with you mark i agree it should be aaron Rodgers, and the reason why i think it should be aaron Rodgers is he did a lot with a little this year for the most part of the season he hasn't had all his starters especially starters especially on defense so he had to control but i like what aaron Rodgers has done aaron Rodgers said man i don't have to pass the ball to win ball games i can just hand it off to aaron jones and, and dylan and just watch them two young studs do what they do. Now, whenever y'all need me to come back, if we need to come back, just like we did against Detroit Lions, if y'all need me to come back and slay this thing, I definitely can do that. But at the same time, man, you know what, man? I'm going to go ahead and be the ultimate team player. 
But then when you ask some of the teammates how y'all feel about Aaron, they was like, man, we love Aaron. So regardless on how we feel about him not being vaccinated, regardless on whether he lied to the media on being vaccinated, by the end of the day, man, the guy has done more with less. He went into a hostile environment, and we was talking about the Arizona Cardinals at one time who can possibly be the number one seed. Aaron Rodgers shut that thing down. He said, wait, hold on. I know they got Mighty Mouse sitting over there in the back end. He's a quarterback. But y'all forgot who y'all talking about. Y'all talking about AR-12. And y'all know when I let this thing go, that thing <laughs> ain't nothing but accurate when I let this thing fly. Yeah. But Rodgers, man, he's just been Mr. Consistent. Over 35 touchdowns, less than four interceptions out of the course of the year. Man, you really can't you really can't argue with Aaron Rodgers what he's doing with that. But I just like the big picture. Aaron Rodgers knows and he understands. Now that I do have a run game, I will use that when y'all need me to pass. I will pass. And he's been dropping dimes to Lazard and Devontae Williams and Skandrick and company. You know what I'm saying? And he's missing his favorite tight end, his young favorite tight end. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, to me, people talk about Tom Brady and Tom Brady. You know, he's he's doing a lot. He can be in the conversation. But Aaron Rodgers has thrown less, very accurate, more not more touchdowns, but he's right there with Tom mm-hmm. I think Tom has thrown over 100 times more than Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers' efficiency is just off the chain. So you can't knock Aaron. You know, if you give, if you say, if you give Aaron um, Tom Brady receivers, it might have would have been a different story. But it's hard to go against, it's hard to go against the GOAT because the GOAT finally has receivers. When the GOAT was at New England and we knew his receivers, like, okay, he's making receivers. But the GOAT actually, went to a situation where now he has some pretty good receivers who's already dealt. But what, what, what Aaron Rodgers is doing, the first thing you say when you play Aaron Rodgers, man, we got to stop Devontae Adams. Yeah. And then you go towards the end of the game and Devontae got 150 with two touchdowns. <laughs> a two-piece, a two like a two-piece. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. Aaron Rodgers has been Mr. Consistent, and he's got his team in the NFC as number one in the top seed. So, yeah. I got you. I, I think the argument for Brady would be at age 44, it's probably the last time he could win the MVP, depending on what happens next season. Brady led all quarterbacks with passing yards and touchdowns. Most passing yards of Brady's career, more than 5,300 yards, 43 passing touchdowns as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about Brady, Ike, when we talk about playoff breakdowns. But uh, I think Brady would be in the conversation. But to me, I'm with you. I think Rodgers wins the award. Let's go to Defensive Player of the Year. To me, point blank period, TJ Watt. If you're not going to give the sack, all-time sack record holder, the Defensive Player of the Year, what's even the purpose of the award? He did it playing, uh, uh, missing two games this season. He had three games in which he played fewer than 50% of the Steelers' defensive snaps. He's battled through injuries. It's not just the 22 and a half sacks, though, either, Ike. 21 tackles for a loss, 39 quarterback hits. It's not just the sack production. He's been absolutely devastating off the edge for opposing offenses this season. Good luck trying to block him. If it's not T.J. Watt this year, I don't know if he'll ever win it. To me, T.J. Watt is the defensive player of the year. No questions asked. Yeah, so them three categories you just named, he was one, one, and one. So this should be a unanimous vote, and his name should be T.J. Watt. They should go out on hand a man. Is there is no need to go to snow award ceremony? I don't care which. <laughs> when it comes down to being a defensive player, of the year, man, y'all need to go out on get good. Ask for his address. 
send it to him and tell everybody else, maybe try next year. Because by far, he has done more in less amount of games. He has caused more disruption. He has caused more turnovers. He's the leading sack leader and less than everybody. They were talking about Miles Garrett. And you know, I'm a huge fan of Aaron Donald. But at the same time, TJ is Aaron Donald on the outside. We have seen him get double teamed week in and week out. And what did he do? He just tied a record for sacks. We see him get double teamed week in and week out. And what did he do? He leads the leagues in TFLs. We seen him get double week in and week out. And what did he do? Tackle for loss. So when I'm when I'm looking at this guy, yeah, just, I feel 100 percent Mark. Go on, ask the man what's his address. We're gonna get the president. We're gonna get the president of the NFL. Go on, fly down, drop your helicopter, do whatever you need to do, and hand this man this goddamn award. <laughs> I would even argue that the 112 million dollar contract extension he signed on the eve of the season, 80 million of it guaranteed. I would argue that he's underpaid, and I know he just said, "Let's sign that contract, and so I can get back to playing ball." What a great – I think it, both sides have benefited. And it's like, Correct. well, is he going to play up to his contract? If this season is any indication, I would even argue that he's underpaid, worth every penny of that right. contract extension. That's what, that's what you call kids ROI, return on investment. You can take that even outside of sports. T.J. Watt, his production for the Steelers has just been remarkable this season. Agreed. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Ike, this is between two players, Jamar Chase and Mac Jones. Mac and Cheese, or as I like to call him, Mac nah. and Cheat. But, I'm uh, missing someone. I'm missing someone. <laughs> Ike, you're shaking your head like I'm out of my hey, skull. Mark, Lay it on me. Lay it on me. Mark, this is the same thing as a defensive player to you with T.J. White. Jamar Chase. <laughs> Man, make the, I like, I make like the Mac. case, and I'll make the case for Mac Jones. Go ahead, Ike. Hey, it's third and twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Where you going? Hang on, hang on, Ike. Are we playing NFL Blitz? It's third and twenty-seven. Sorry, continue, continue. It's third and twenty-seven. <laughs> hey, Joe Burrow, where you going? I'm going to Jamar Chase. Hey, it's third and three. They got seventeen seconds left in the game. Joe Burrow, where you going? I'm going to Jamar Chase. Hey. They double teaming Jamar Chase. Well, they need to put five guys on him because he just went for 250 some yards. Hey, they got two guys on Jamar Chase. Well, he just went for 107 yards and three touchdowns. Hey, man, you see all you see that one head catch he did in the back of the end zone around five guys. What's his name for the Cincinnati Bengals? Oh, his name is Jamar Chase. Oh, he must be like an eight-year veteran. <laughs> nah, he's just a rookie. Man, Jamar Chase me, please, man. By the end of the day. The things Jamar Chase have done this year as a rookie, that's what they need to name the Rookie of the Year Award, the Jamar Chase Award, not the Mac and Cheese, because we've seen when Mac and Cheese had to come from behind. He can't do it. But every time you need a big play from a player and you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, you're going to talk about one Joe Burrow, but the rookie, Jamar Chase. I can't argue against Chase's production, Ike, but my argument for Mac Jones is as simple as this. Leading his team to the playoffs, the New England Patriots, maybe extending the run that Bill Belichick has with the Patriots dynasty. But, I look, but hang on, I know. Hang on, hang on, Ike. Hang on, Ike. And, and Ike, well, you look so disappointed in me right now. The, I, I'm with you. I'm with you with Chase, but I'm making the argument for Jones. 
Okay. Hang hang on. Hang on. What have the other rookie quarterbacks done this season? I'm talking Nothing. about Trey Lance, talking right. about Trevor Lawrence, talking about Zach Wilson, talking about Justin Fields. I talking agree. about Davis, Davis Mills for the Texans, too, if you want I to throw agree. five in. And Nothing. what Mac Jones has done and what he's been asked to do to lead his team to the playoffs, that's the argument for Mac Jones. I'm with you. I do think Chase should win the award, but that would be the argument for Mac Jones in this scenario. So I, I don't think it's de- as definitive as some of the other awards that we're going to discuss today, and that would be the argument for Mac Jones. What he's done and what he's been asked to do leading the Patriots to the playoffs, and I'm going to use the word leading whether you like it or not, Ike, because it's what he's been asked to do as a rookie at the quarterback I, I, position. I wouldn't just the best, the best rookie quarterback is Mac and Cheese. You know what I'm saying? When you want to talk about quarterbacks, yeah, I agree with you 100%. He's the best rookie quarterback. But the best player out that group is Jamar Chase. And that's, and that's, and he, he proved it. And Jackpot Joey, as they call him from the Cincinnati Bengals, he, he said it on his post game press conference, hey man, do y'all remember that meme? They say, man, when you're just in trouble, you just throw it up, just throw it up anywhere in Jamar Chase's vicinity, he's going to catch it. That's Jamar. That's that's Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase have given T. Higgins life. Jamar Chase have given Tyler Boyd life. Jamar Chase is like Jamar Chase have given the Cincinnati Bengals offense life. We all knew Joe, Jackpot Joey was cool and everything he did. You know, whether he's up or down, you'll never know because body language is always the same. You don't know if they win it. Or they losing. That's Jackpot Joey. But what? But boy, when they got Jamar Chase, that just put the offense on a whole another level, bro. All right, we'll go to defensive rookie of the year. I can. I really don't even think this needs to be much of a conversation. It's Micah Parsons. This isn't even on the board. You can't even gamble on this. I don't Correct. know who else fills out the bracket. So Micah Parsons, like T.J. Watt, you can stay home. We'll we'll mail you the award as well. I'll send your address in. We can send you your hardware. Yeah. I, 100%. You know, he, he changed the culture. You know, he's a he's a protege of, of Dan Quinn. The young man changed the young man changed the culture. You know, I feel like it was a lot of lady, lazy lazy guys on that defense or just lazy guys in that locker room for Dallas who just was too comfortable with their money. I always felt like, you know, if I would have got drafted by Jerry Jones, who was going to pay me a lot of cheese. Now, I'm not the lazy type, but that's just, just, that's just what Jerry do. If Jerry Jones like you, he's just going to pay you. And you're gonna be set for life. Um, but when it came down to the Demarcus Lawrence and, and and you're watching and you're watching the preseason show, and he's talking, man, how you think they're gonna cut me and they paying me twenty million dollars a year? His name is Michael Parsons. So yeah, you don't have to get yourself together together. You can feel very comfortable. You can feel like just because your salary is is twenty million dollars a year, you can just sit on your butt and just play whenever you want to play. Like this game won't play hard, the next game I'm not gonna play hard. But but it doesn't. But it doesn't work like that when you got a guy like Michael Parsons. When it, when he's a generational talent. When you see from the get go, everybody just rallies around him. When you see him just making plays after plays, and he can come at your defensive end position to get it and get just as many sacks as you. And that's even not his position. You better get your butt. Then you see. Then you see a, a, a McGregory on the other side. Man, I need to clean my offseason life up. Because they got a guy named Michael Parsons, and I'm telling you, this is going to be the first one to tell you. He's going to get $200 million. He's going to sign a 10-year deal, $200 million. Guaranteed Jerry Jones will pay this man $200 million. I don't know how many years I said 10. Between 8 to 10. 
he's going to get a man $200 million. But when you got that kind of generational talent, man, he makes everyone, not only he makes everybody else better, not only he can play multiple positions and be better than everybody else, he don't even know how good he is. He ain't even scratched the surface. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, 100% it's Michael Parsons. And they need to make the defense a rookie of the year called the Michael <laughs> Award. And Roger Goodell needs to give Jamar – he needs to fly down and give Jamar Chase, T.J. White, and Michael Parsons. <laughs> they do credit and hand them boys their awards right now. <laughs> We've got two more awards we need to get through. I, Coach of the year to me is Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee Titans for this reason. <clears throat> Derrick Henry only played eight games this year. Julio Jones only played nine. A.J. Brown only played 12. And the Titans are the number one seed in the AFC. Talk yeah. about doing more with less. There's a lot yeah. of other great coaches this year. It's not to take away from Zach Taylor leading the Bengals to the playoffs. Matt LaFleur now 39-10 and 10 as the Packers head coach. Most wins of any head coach in his first three seasons in NFL history. But you talk about doing more with less to me. That's Coach Mike Vrabel of the Tennessee yeah. Titans. He is my NFL coach of the year. Well, he both are NFL coach of the year. Because you got damn right, I agree with you. So I thought when Derrick Henry went down, I thought the Tennessee Titans was going to go down as well. I was one of those people, but I was dead ass wrong. What Coach Mike Vrabel has done was, you know what? We got a 2,000-yard running back that went to Texas. His last name is Foreman. He's pretty damn good. Good. Houston didn't want him. We wound up picking him up. And now I don't have to hurry up and bring King Henry back. He can just play a couple of snaps when he get back. But I'm going to let this little young guy rock, right? So I'm like, man, <laughs> this dude, Coach Vrabel, exactly what it, his personality. He's a bar fight. He's a bar fight guy. This is exactly what his team is. His team is the AFC of the NFC, like the San Francisco 49ers. Even though they're the number one seed, you really don't want to play them because, man, Monday come, man, everybody got to go see the doctor because everybody is hurt because all they want some bangers over there for the Tennessee Titans. Well, man, he's done way more than less. You got it. You got Julio in and out of the lineup. He's been hurt. You got AJ in and out of the lineup. He's hurt. You got King Henry. He was out of the lineup because he was hurt for about six to eight weeks. Now he's coming back. And for you to get number one seed in the AFC with the Ryan Tannehill, who the hell is the coach? That's Coach Vrabel. So y'all agree with you 100%. Comeback player of the year, Ike, between Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow. I'm going to take Prescott for this reason. Seeing what the Cowboys did in week 18, and I know the Eagles were playing a lot of their backup players, but seeing the ceiling of what the Dallas Cowboys could do when they're playing at their highest levels, I think it showed what the Cowboys are capable of. No, You're shaking your head, and you've looks. it sounds like you've got some AFC North Allegiance, I sounds like you're gonna take Burrow here. The floor is yours. Man, you know I'm taking you know I'm taking jackpot, Joe. See, that's what I don't like about the Dallas Cowboys. Every playoff team they played this year, they lost to. Every team. Other than every playoff team that was over five hundred that's gonna be in the playoffs, they lost to, whether it was AFC or whether it was NFC. And that's the issue. That's the issue for me, Mark. That's a huge issue for me. Um, I'm I'm lying because they did. Did they did they go to the LA Chargers? Did they beat the Chargers? We're getting we're getting uh, we're getting research on this. Ike, okay, so, so I, I beat the Chargers. 
But other than that, man, they do exactly what they need to do. Well, the Chargers they, aren't in the playoffs, psych. That's a true statement. That's so I'm, I might be 100% accurate on that. Then so okay, they beat Philly. I've got it up right now. They also beat New England in Week Six in an overtime game. Just going through the rest of their schedule here. But so okay, other than Philly and New England. And neither of those teams won the division. So I, I see what you're saying, Ike, in terms of they didn't beat a division winner. The division winners got, you know, some of the best records in the league. So, yes, continue. Okay. So I, I like I like Dak Prescott. He's one of my guys. Um, I thought Pittsburgh was going to get him in around the fourth round um, when he got into the little incident coming out of Mississippi State, but it didn't. Um, Pittsburgh would have been set up in a perfect situation if they only would have known right now since Ben is about to retire. But, yeah, they they, they, they beat up – they're the bullies. I, I look at Dallas as the bullies. They beat up on the team they're supposed to beat up on. But the teams they're supposed to beat, they don't beat. So that's why I just can't go with Dallas right now. Joe Burrow, I got to give Joe Burrow comeback player of the year because you see what the hell Joe Burrow did. Like, Joe Burrow got them in the playoffs. Joe Burrow, we, Joe Burrow said – Y'all think Patrick Mahomes good? <laughs> Hold on one minute. Hey, CBS, NFL Network, ESPN. Matter of fact, we might need a pay-per-view this thing. Man, y'all need to watch me work on Kansas City and Company. That's exactly what Joe Burrow did. So when you asking for a guy to win you a ball game, when they ask for Dak to win them a ball game, I'm not talking about when the running game is going good and the defense giving you four turnovers a game. And, yeah, you get more opportunities to win the game. No, our running game isn't going well. Nobody's getting turnovers on defense or any sacks on defense. Dak, can you get us a game? Dak hasn't done that yet. Joe Burrow, though, on the other hand, that's exactly what Joe Burrow has done. So when you look at comeback player, not only I'm talking about comeback player off of injuries on what happened last year, I'm talking about comeback players when their team was down bad and you needed help from that one person, which is that quarterback, they were able to come back. And that's exactly what Jackpot Joey has done throughout the course of this year. You got to get Joe Burrow, one of your one-of-a-kind cigars, HowardGCigars.com. Ike, just the AFC North allegiance, the AFC North Brotherhood. We need to make that happen. We need to move on. And we've got a lot of playoff matchups to preview. Before we do, Ike, a new portion of the show that I'm looking to incorporate because this show just gets more and more successful on YouTube is to bring in some of the YouTube commenters. So the comment of the day comes from a guy by the name of Mike. And normally I would feature this at the end of the show, but I wanted to do this before the picks. Mike says, looking forward to Friday's show to see IT's Karnak predictions, a wise and knower of the outcome. And I think that's a testament to you, Ike Taylor, the psychic of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Man, you've been calling me psychic for a long time. I appreciate you, I Mark. Have, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you. But man, I really just look at matchups and I look and I look at and it's just like a gut feeling I just go with. So I don't try to fight my my instincts. As much as I want to look at tape, as much as I want to uh look at stats, it's just sometimes, man, I just have a gut feeling on things. So I just I just go with it. I don't even fight. I used to fight it. <clears throat> I don't even fight it no more. But yeah, man, I appreciate the love. So we're trying to get to a thousand. After a thousand, we're gonna get to five thousand. After five thousand, we're gonna hit a million. 
then we all gonna sit back between Brinks and Bet Online, <laughs> Bet Online, <laughs> and Believe in Podcast. So that's what we headed to right now. But man, I appreciate everybody who's been tuning in and watching. Cause Mark, you had told me week in and week out, like all the viewers, not only have they been viewing, how long they've been viewing for. So I'm just so glad we've been capturing and keeping everybody attention on this show. People watch for like an average of six minutes, and I'm just blown away by that, Ike. And let's get right to the picks. A lot of games to get to. Raiders at Bengals is going to kick off wild card weekend. Bengals are a five-point favorite at home. By Joey. IT, you're, you're going with Joe Burrow. Going with Jack by Joey, bro. I'm going like the stage ain't we, – we, we, we seen this. We seen this in the national championship game with Jack, Jack by Joey against a dominating Alabama team. The stage ain't too big for him, man. If they if they could, like how they used to do last back in the day, if they can let these guys smoke cigars on the sideline, I'm sure Jackpot Joe would be smoking a one-of-a-kind cigar on the sideline during the game if he could. Because that's how cool the young man is. And that's what I'm going with over the over the Las Vegas Raiders. Because I don't know which Derek Carr would get. You know, it's 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 hit or miss with Derek Carr. So I'm going to stay with Jack Joy because this is what he do. The stage ain't never too big for him. He always cool with a stoke in his hand. Channeling his inner Len Dawson, Ike. That's the image I think of the, the old school NFL player where he's on the sidelines for the Chiefs uh, smoking a cigarette. I'm going to go with the Bengals at home too. Yeah, that's the picture I saw. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'm going to go with the Bengals at home as well. I just think this is too high-powered of an offense. Good luck trying to shut down the receiving core. You've got Joe Mixon in the backfield, too, as good as there is in this league. I like what the Bengals did towards the end of the season, ascending into the playoffs, and I just like the way that they're playing. Let's go to the next AFC matchup. You've got Patriots in Bills. Bills are a four-point favorite at home, and the Bills have a strong defense, Ike. Finished the season number one in DVOA. A division matchup in the wild card round of the playoffs. Who you got between Patriots and Bills? Man, I'm not gonna go against Bill Belichick. That's 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 what I'm not doing. When it comes down to just shutting down whatever you do best, that's what Coach Belichick do. When it comes down to this is your weakness on defense from the opposing teams, that's what Bill Belichick do. So until somebody consistently beat Coach Belichick at what he does, and he does, he's he been doing it for a long time. I'm not going against Bill Belichick. Do I think mac and cheese can bring the offense from behind if they get down? No. But in Bill, I trust. So I'm going to go with Bill Belichick because I know he would shut down whatever the, Josh Allen and the company doing offense well, and he would expose on the defensive side what the Buffalo Bills don't do well. So that's what I'm rocking with. The, the Bills and the Bills and Patriots meet in the playoffs, Ike, for the first time in 58 years. I cannot wait to watch this. I'm going to go with the Bills, and I'm putting my faith in quarterback Josh Allen. His statistical production, a little bit down from what we saw in the 2020 season, but just given his dual threat ability when he needs to make a play, whether it's through his arms, whether it's running the football, I think that it's do or die. You lay it all on the line. Those plays where you might have slidden uh, or rid, uh, run out of bounds in the regular season, you got to lay it all on the line. And I'm putting my faith in Josh Allen and the Bills. I'm going to take the Bills and go against your pick, Ike. But yeah, it's to me, it's like, yeah, I'm nervous to go against Bill Belichick and the Patriots, just given from what we've seen from them. Sunday's action starts early in the afternoon. 
Eagles against the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers defending Super Bowl champions. I, but they've got a lot of injury issues. Chris Godwin's on injured reserve and then various levels of injuries to Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Richard Sherman, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones II, uh, among others. All of those players either missed Week 18's action or they left the Panthers game early. You also don't have Antonio Brown anymore. In my opinion, Ike, and this is my upset pick of the wild card round, I think the Bucs are too reliant upon Tom Brady at the age of 44. I don't think they've established the running game quite like they did a year ago. I am going to pick the Eagles as an eight-and-a-half-point underdog to win outright on the road at Raymond James Stadium. And you're shaking your head. Mama, that good that man, and his name is Tom Brady. I don't give. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> you almost made me curse, Mark. I don't care if he was sixty. I don't care if he was sixty-four years old. <laughs> there go, go another guy. There go another guy. You just don't bet against. So Antonio Brown caught a temper tantrum. He showed his butt off. He's gone, right? God, when it's hurting, he's gone. Well, how about a Grayson who just who? Uh, how about a Grayson who just came off? You know, not only being a traveler, world traveler when it comes down to different teams, but man, he was in the CFL for a minute. He was playing injuries, arena. Injuries to Grayson too, though, Ike. You're, you're yeah, further but, proving but, my point about the Bucks injuries. But but he's still he's still playing. So in time, I trust. Well, how about how about Lil Miller? Lil Miller, who was fast. As a matter of fact, didn't he just score last week off of, off a of reverse? Yeah, I think he just scored last week off a of reverse. So now the guys who wasn't playing, they getting opportunities to play. And now time goes to coach B.A. was like, I trust this guy. Give him a chance. And this is exactly what he's doing. Yeah, just because he was injured and he's getting less time, that, mean, that means I'm going to rest you for the week because on Sunday I'm going to need you a lot. That's that's all they're doing. But in time, I trust, man. I'm, I'm not going against time. That's one thing I'm not doing. I, I don't even look at the defensive side when it comes down to Tom Brady. I know when Tom Brady, I know when he goes into a hostile environment. I know when he's playing the New York Jackson, it looked bad from the third quarter when they thought they was going to lose the game, and, and he come down with 90 seconds and just go for a game-winning touchdown to Graceman. I know what Tom Brady can do because I've seen this too many times. Whether he's 23 or 44 or 43 or 64, as long as Tom can sling that ball, Tom Brady going to give you opportunity. So I'm sticking with Tom, Mark. <laughs> I like how you say 64 when uh, not quite a senior citizen at that point, but that's how much faith you have. And then Tom Brady, look, I I just, I do not see, even if they get by the Eagles, I do not see a way that the Buccaneers repeat as Super Bowl champions. So if if you're not as confident me in the outright upset, at least to me, take the Eagle, take the Eagles eight and a half points is an awful lot. At, At least take the Eagles to cover that. If it, but to me, that's my upset pick pick of the weekend. That's just, hey, we can agree to disagree. We will go to 49ers and Cowboys. Cowboys at home. This is the CBS Nickelodeon game, Ike. So we're going to get the MVP award, the Nickelodeon valuable player. Cowboys are a three-point favorite at home. I don't even need to ask you. I know who you're going to pick in this game, but the floor is yours, Ike Taylor. 49ers and Cowboys, who you got? You already know where I'm going, man. I'm going Debo Samuel all day. 
because you know what time it is. This is exactly what he's been doing. He's the personality from San Francisco 49ers, whether he's catching the ball on the on the on the last on the last drive from Jimmy Garoppolo, and we got to start giving Jimmy Garoppolo his props because he's been making some game winning drives as well. But whether he's getting the ball off or he's handing it off or he's scoring touchdowns, he's he's the only wide receiver with eight touchdowns rushing this year. And by the way, man, he's just got a bad attitude, and I see why his parents named him Debo. Because if anybody watched the movie Friday and they saw Debo pull up on a bike, he had to tuck your chain. That's exactly what it was. So, yeah, it's just for me, it's the personality. For me, it's the matchups. And what I do know about the San Francisco 49ers is they play aggressive defense. Now, they're they're not exciting. They're not finesse. They don't have a lot of pro bowlers. But you want to talk about some guys who are going to come downhill and just lay the pipe and smack you in the face and want to FaceTime with you, that's exactly what these San Francisco 49ers guys be doing. Now, on the offensive side, now we're back to Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell – one of my guys from Louisiana Lafayette, he's been totally thing of late coming off injury for the San Francisco 49ers, along with the San So then you then you look on the outside, who they have as receivers. Uh, we just got some basketball players, 6'3", 6'4", about 240, but they play receivers for, for us. So when, when you're looking at the matchups between those guys, yo, you, you look at it, you look at a Diggs who's been catching the ball, leaving the league with 11 picks, but the Diggs have been playing guys like what San Fran has on the perimeter. Diggs have been playing a guy physical, who's 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 physical, and all he wants to do is run people over instead of shaking them in a Debo Samuels. Diggs have to have to, he have to have to come up every time to t- tackle Elijah Mitchell because it's seven point something yards per carry when the San Francisco 49ers get that thing going. Now you got now you got Jimmy Garoppolo. He's getting in the zone and he's just slinging it. He's just throwing into an area where they need to be. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're catching and making moves. So, yeah, I do like Dallas. I do like their offense. I think they're a very talented team. I just think the matchup, the physicality-wise, the matchup favors the San Francisco 49ers. And when you want to talk about the playoffs, it's all physical. The referees, they leave they, they leave they, uh they leave their whistles. In the locker room, and they say, "Let's play ball." Y'all, y'all better not come crying to me because I'm not giving y'all no calls. And that's the kind of ball that's going to be come time this weekend for the Dallas Cowboys and San Fran 49ers. The word you used, Ike, physicality, is why I will also take the 49ers on the road. We've talked about this on previous weeks as well, Ike. If it's a three-point favorite and you're at home, that pretty much means odd odds makers consider to be even with the home team. So I'm going to take the 49ers to win as well. And it's because of the physicality that you mentioned. We're going to skip over Steelers and Chiefs because that'll be our last score prediction that we'll do, given that this is the Believe in Steelers podcast. Wildcard weekend continues on Monday night. Cardinals and Rams, NFC West division rivals. They split the season series. And to me, we've talked about this. The Rams are all in this year, given the star power of Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, Jalen Ramsey, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., and Matthew Stafford. Now, Cam Akers is back for the Rams at the running back position. The two big questions I have coming into this one, can the Cardinals contain Cooper Cup, the league's best receiver, but then also Matthew Stafford, what are you going to get? Are you going to get the elite upside? Are you going to get the pedestrian downside? And it was summed up on Sunday's loss that the Rams had to the 49ers on Sunday. Rams led in this game by 17 points, and they end up losing 27 to 24. Give me the physicality. I'm going to take the Cardinals on the road to beat the home team Rams at SoFi. 
I, I I'm rocking with the Cardinals. I like James Conner. I know that like I would feel even better if DeAndre Hopkins were playing for the Cardinals, sure. but just the Rams, they've got a lot of great names on paper. It's put up or shut up for the Rams right now because it's Super Bowl or bust for this Los Angeles Rams team. I, I just I like what the Cardinals have done this season. I'm gonna take the Cardinals to win on the road. So I would have taken the Cardinals if DeAndre Hopkins was playing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's yeah. not so I'm not gonna take the Cardinals. Here's what I look at with the matchups between the Rams and the Cardinals. I'm looking at Von Miller now. He's finally getting in this groove. I'm looking at Aaron Jones. With me, Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald has always did what he did. I'm looking at Floyd, who's the matchup, who's the matchup wise when it comes down to that linebacker position. I'm looking at Jalen Ramsey and company. You know, so now he doesn't have to worry about DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm looking at Matthew Stafford, and I like what OBJ said when they talked about Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford. He said, Man, I got I got the first. <laughs> he said, Man, I got court side seats watching this guy work. You know, so y'all worrying about me on my catches. And what I need to do, now I understand, man, I got a guy named Cooper Cup. They didn't give him three crowns this year. They didn't give the man a triple crown for catching, receiving, and touchdowns. Man, that's hard to do. So he's acknowledging, man, this guy, yeah, do I feel like I'm better than this guy? Yeah, I'm sure OBJ feel like he better than Cooper Cup. But who's more proven in this Cooper Cup? Have OBJ have, ever had a triple crown? Not a day in his life when it came down to have being an NFL receiver. So – He's acknowledging that. And when you acknowledge that, especially when you're a superstar, even though OBJ might not be a superstar in the field, just in general, just his persona, just OBJ, he's a superstar in general. You know what I'm saying? So I'm looking at Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that's that's my biggest question mark with Matthew Stafford. Could he ever win a playoff game? You know, could you could he get you over the hump? So for me, he kind of he kind of feels like he kind of feels like a Derek Carr. You know, yeah, I, lo- I love Derek Carter. Derek, good people, good person, got a nice arm. But can they get you over the hump? But he got Sean McVay. And I think Sean McVay, at some point in time, it was kind of antsy. Matthew Stafford was his new shiny car, his new kind of shiny toy. And he just wanted to run the ball. I mean, he just wanted to pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. Now it came back to Sean McVay offense. And it's a lot of play action pass. Then you give him Cam Akers back. To help the running game, huge, so huge. Play, yeah. So that's more play action pass. So now OBJ will be more wide open. Now Cooper Cup will be more wide open. And how about by the way, this guy named Higby just so happened to play tight end. He has been showing his butt off the last couple of games. So you got damn right. Yeah, I feel some kind of way about Matthew Stafford, but I feel better because Sean McVay is his head coach. He's an offensive genius. Now the LA Rams are running Sean McVay's offense not a Matthew Staff offense, so I'm rocking with the LA Rams. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game, Ike. The two matchup between the two teams, 110 points scored. So I'm really excited to see what happens in this one. I can't wait. We will go, though, to Sunday night football. Steelers, Chiefs. Chiefs are a 13-point favorite over-under at 46.5, and you set off the top of the podcast you like the Steelers to upset the Chiefs at Arrowhead. The floor is yours, Ike Taylor. Make the case for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday Night Football. This is this is Keith Butler saying this five weeks ago. I've seen this story. I've seen it because I've been a part of this 05 Pittsburgh Steelers where everything was just against them because they had to go through four 
I mean, five out of out of five of the teams we had to play four who was number one ranked in offense at the time. Now, and this is exactly what the Pittsburgh Steelers is doing, but it's it's not going to be on the defensive side as much this time. It's going to be on Najee. If Najee can run the ball like he ran against the Cleveland Browns, there's hope for the Pittsburgh Steelers. If the Pittsburgh Steelers can stop any opposing team's running game, there's life for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What I do know about the Kansas City Chiefs is, as much as they want to run, they really don't want to run. Why? Because you have a future Hall of Fame in Patrick Mahomes, and you want to show off his arm. You want to show off his angles. You want to show off him throwing from one side of the field to the other side of the field. Instead of just playing playoff football and handing the ball off and just taking it one day at a time. So I look at the ego part when it comes down to the play culture. And the Pittsburgh Steelers will slow the game down. They will contain because they will tell Highsmith and TJ, this is not a sack game. This is a contained game. We'll come out with this W and they will buy in and they will believe they will get turnovers because they didn't get turnovers last time they played the Kansas City Chiefs. They will get turnovers this game, but the game will be slowed down. They will contain Patrick Mahomes. And this is going to be the start of the upset. Not only the upset, they're going to say it's a fluke because the Pittsburgh Steelers won this game. And then Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win the next playoff game. Now we're going to be talking about the 0-5 situation. Guaranteed. Do you have a score prediction, Ike, for the game? 17-14. Wow, that low scoring. Again, the over-under at 46-and-a-half. I like this team of destiny, Ike, and seven is a common theme. The Steelers are the seventh seed. Big Ben Roethlisberger wears number seven, and the Steelers going for their seventh Super Bowl title. So a team of destiny, we'll see. I'm not quite as optimistic as you are, Ike. I've got the Chiefs winning 34, Steelers 24. I just think at Arrowhead, and we know how difficult that is to play there, how loud it can get. I just don't know if the Steelers have the offensive firepower to match what the Chiefs can do if they can effectively get the ball to two players, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who will be back for the Chiefs and did not play in that December the 26th game. So that's my two cents worth. But uh, obviously I hope for the show's sake and the Steelers' sake that the Steelers can continue winning. They're like that old movie villain, Ike, that just won't quite die. Correct. Don't worry, don't worry about it. They're going to win. On, on defense, <laughs> they're going to crowd the middle on defense. They're going to make Patrick Mahomes throw it outside the number. And they're going to understand what Tyreek Hill is. If Tyreek Hill is lined up between the Z and the X, they're going to make sure somebody's over top for them. And they're going to crowd the middle for Travis Kelsey. If Tyreek Hill goes into motion, they're going to make sure they have an understanding where he ends up after the motion. And they're going to crowd the middle against the uh, uh, Travis Kelsey. This is exactly what's going to happen. That's why they're going to win this ball game Sunday night, baby. Telling you. I love your optimism. I, before we sign off here, I wanted to get your Super Bowl picks. I've got Packers and Chiefs in the Super Bowl, and I've got the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl as well. So we'll see. That is what I predict will happen. What say you, Ike Taylor? Your Super Bowl matchup and then who you think will win as we enter the playoffs on Saturday? Man, I think the Bucs going to take it from the NFC. Um, I, I, I think, and the reason why I say the Bucs, I kind of think that Antonio Brown situation has woken Tom Brady up. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really going to show you situation. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he done lit a whole new, he put some more 
gasoline on Tom Brady's fire, and you don't want to do that. And I think that's exactly what he did. Um, I think Tom has a point to prove. Tom has no point to prove. He didn't want a lot of Super Bowl, Super Bowls, but I think this 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 gonna cap it off right here. Out of the AFC, um, I'm gonna go off the grid on this one. I'm gonna go with the Tennessee Titans. I'm gonna go with it. I, I think of late AJ Brown has been healthy and he's just been tearing, he's been tearing secondaries up. Um, you get King Henry back along with Foreman. Uh Tannehill also can run. I think people <laughs> forget or they underestimate how athletic Ryan Tannehill is because he is a former wide receiver for a Texas A&M. So, and Julio Jones, whenever he come back and give him whatever he need to give him. And the Tennessee Titans defense have been playing bad at all. I think they might slide out the AFC. So I'm looking at the Bucks and Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I, I think that getting the one seed and not having to play in wild card weekend is a definite benefit specifically for this Titans team and considering you get another week of rest for Derrick Henry. And if he's able to come back to a team that secured the one seed, how scary that could be. So uh, it, we'll see how all of this shakes out. Wildcard weekend is going to be fantastic, but Ike, this has been an awesome show. Maybe our longest episode we've had. We discussed a lot. I want to thank you. You're the absolute best Ike Taylor. I want to Appreciate thank you. The Believe Podcast Network, our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, Herbert Diaz, and the team over at Brinks. Today's sponsor, betonline.ag. And thank you to the listeners and the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Massive shout out to betonline.ag. Want to thank Brinks TV, Miss Courtney and her crew. Gotta thank Believe in Steelers podcast for sure, for just giving Mark and I. This opportunity, Mark, I want to thank you as well, man, for just rocking with me. You and I have became brothers on this show. That's just what it is. Hey, your family, I said, what's up? I want to thank everybody who's been subscribing and, and tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's through social media. I want to appreciate all y'all who's been listening over six minutes. Six minutes is hard for me to tune in, let alone y'all putting up with Mark and I and listening to us for over six minutes. I want to appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all, man, y'all give us a five-piece. That's five stars every time y'all do rate and review us. But that's all I got. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you on Monday following all the action. Know there's one more game on Monday night. We'll be back on Monday to break down what happened in Steelers and Chiefs on Sunday night. But until then, take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.